0: God. God's good, isn't He? Glad to have my family. I love them. Glad they're here. Let's get in the Word of the Lord today, see what the Lord wants to speak to us in this house. I do feel like I have a word for someone in this place today, and we'll see what the Lord wants to say. I use them not long-winded, just an hour or two, so we'll see if we can stay within that confines today. But uh, if you'll help me, we'll preach fast, and we'll see what the Lord wants to do. I was raised under Brother David Mayo, and he just believed, Elder, that you just get in. And you let God do the work. And if God's not going to do it, you can stand there and waste everybody's time. Amen. So let's don't waste our time today. Let's get in and see what the Lord wants to say. Let him have his way. Let him move like he wants to move. And I promise you, if you'll do that, you'll be touched by the presence of the Lord. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. And a certain woman. I was taught when it said a certain woman this wasn't a parable this actually happened this woman lived she was somebody that he could point to and say that one right there had an issue of blood 12 years and it suffered many things of many physicians and it spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse when she had heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment for she said If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest this multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and behold of thy plague. I feel like today that before we leave this place, the Lord wants to look at somebody and say, "Go in peace, and behold in this house this morning." I feel like the Lord wants to utter those words into your spirit today. I don't know what you may have walked into this field and faced it. I don't know what you may have come with today that's weighing you down and maybe even on your mind and on your spirit right now. But if the Lord will help me today, I want to preach from this thought. Broken, but not offended. Broken, but not offended. Would you help me by let's talk to Him one more time? Would you lift your hands and your voice with me and let's ask Him to anoint this word today. Father, I love You. I have heard from You. I believe today. I've spent time, Lord, in your presence to prepare, to give a word to your people. I pray today, Lord, that you would anoint the lips of clay. I pray you'd remove personality. I pray you'd remove every hindrance, God, whether it be demonic or human today. I pray, Lord, that you would bind every spirit, every adversary in this place that would come to steal what you would say in this place. I pray for the free flow of your spirit to work as only you can in this house we declare it we speak it we receive it now in the name of Jesus if you're going to do that would you clap your hands unto him and give him again that shout of triumph in this place come on give him a word he praise before we're seated this morning Bless your name. We bless your name. You may be seated this morning. Life has a way of turning very quickly. One day you can have everything seemingly going the way you desire and the next it seems with one quick tug life can yank the rug from beneath your feet and all of the security and all of the resources and all of the efforts that you have made up to that point simply vanish or fall short. And you find yourself in the position of where you once stood feeling uh, in command or feeling confident and in control over it all. You find yourself maybe laying on the reality of a bruised backside that life... Can turn on a dime Why that surprises us so much I'm not really sure Because both the Old and the New Testament Gave us a heads up That trouble was going to come To us all Job 14 and 1 said Man that is born of a woman Is but few days And then he's full of trouble Unless you think that was just for those Old covenant folks Jesus himself The man who could not lie came along in John 16 and 33 and left us this nugget. In this world, you will have trouble. So let's put this thing to rest this morning, shall we, early before we make it to where I believe God wants to take us today. None of us are immune to trouble. There's not a person in here today that's going to escape it. There's not a person in here today that's going to be good enough to avoid it. Why is that important? Because some of us in this place today need to get a revelation. You need to get a reprieve in your mind and for your spirit that just because you've got a little trouble today or some issues today doesn't mean that you are unhelpable. Just because some things may be broken in your life does not mean today that God has Forsaken you. Oh, I could stay right here today and preach all morning, but I'll just say this and I'll move along. Trouble's purpose, hear me today, isn't to signal the absence of God, but many times trouble's purpose is to reveal your need for the presence of God. Come on, somebody, we need to get back to understanding that our God knows how to get our attention. Job was a perfect man. When I read in the Scripture about him, I find that the Lord said he was upright. The Lord said that he hated Evil and two times in just eight verses, we are told this about him. We are told that he was perfect and we are told that he was upright. We are told that he eschewed, that he despised, that he detested, that he hated evil. Verse one and verse eight both describe and define the man. But for the next 42 chapters of his story, we are introduced to the dysfunction and the dilemma of the man because it's only until you get to 42 and 10 that you read this promise about him. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job. Two verses were spent on him. Forty-two chapters were spent on his trouble. But when you get to the end, you find a man that God had defined, could not be redefined by the trouble that blew into his life. And I 've walked into this building today, under the unction of the Holy Ghost, to tell somebody in this house trouble and hell, and every devil that could has tried to redefine you. they've tried to hold you captive, they've tried to tell you that you're no good and you've got no value, and you'll never be anything but a disappointment. but I've come to declare today, if the Lord will help me that that is a lie. That is not your destiny. And that is not what you've got to settle for today. I like the way Paul wrote it When he wrote to that Roman church In verse 8, chapter 8 and verse 37 He said, nay, in all these things We are more than conquerors Through Him that has loved us I don't know you today But I've been in this thing long enough to know There's some people that came to church this morning That the enemy has thrown everything That he could throw at you. He's tried to make you believe and he's tried to make you swallow that everything is always going to be this way and it's always going to be broke and it's always going to be trouble and it's always going to be misery. He's tried to tell you that's just who you are but I've come today to tell you you've already been defined by the word of the Lord and with all things considered with all the trouble accounted for and acknowledged, you are still, according to the Word of God, more than a conqueror. Come on, somebody, you ought to start declaring that for yourself. You ought to start speaking that for yourself. You ought to let that run the doubt, the fear, the confusion right out of your spirit. I am more than a conqueror today. Come on, trouble may say I'm weak, but I'm more than a conqueror. They say I'm too far gone. There's no hope, but there is some good in me because I am more than a conqueror. Now, I'm not giving you a license to sin today. Don't mistake what I'm saying. I'm not giving you a license to sin today. You need to strive for better. We need to find what they were teaching us on Wednesday night, how to be different from this world in this book right here. And if you'll follow it, it'll give you some good instruction on how to do that. We all need to strive for better. But Romans was clear when it said in 3.23, we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There are no perfect people in this place today. Nobody has walked into this thing today and has it all together. There's no sinless people in this house. Nobody. But if you'll look around, I think you'll find a house full of people that we have made up our mind. That we don't want to sit in our mess-ups and we don't want to stay in our mistakes and our trouble and allow them to hold us hostage. But we know when we got buried, Bishop, in that name, in that precious name, when we went down in the name of Jesus, we gained an advocate and we gained a resource capable of Paying the debt that we could not pay. Come on, when you went down in that name, demons began to tremble. Chains began to fall off. Prison doors began to fling open. I said, when we call on His name, come on, somebody, sickness has to vacate. Devils have to vacate. death has to run away. When we call on that name... Come on, anybody know his name in this place? When we say that name, we're saying the name of the one who said, All power in heaven and in earth has been given unto me. When you call his name, you're calling the one that said, I am the Alpha and I am the Omega. I'm all that's in between. Come on, somebody. There is nothing, hear me today, there is nothing that exists that does not exist within the confines of His name. Whether it be goodness or whether it be trouble, it is all encapsulated within the confines of the name of Jesus. Why does that matter? See, you thought your trouble was too much and you thought it was too big and you thought it was too ugly and you thought it was too messy and you thought it was too shameful. But hear me, you can't reach back beyond Him and you can't go out in front of Him because wherever you find yourself, you're still going to be within the confines and the boundaries of His name. I don't know about you today, but that excites me because I've been in some dilemmas that I couldn't see but I knew like Job said he knows the way that I take come on you take it outside of him is right. contained within him Ah, come on somebody. Proverbs 18 and 10 said, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in to it, and are safe. There's a place we can get into, because there's no greater power than His name. Come on somebody. That's why we preach so hard. We Pentecostals preach that you need to get buried in His name, because we know when you go down in His name, everything you bring is going with you. When they take you to that water and that name Jesus is called over you, you set yourself under his government and you set yourself under his authority. Come on, and that name begins to become the governing principle of your life. So when trouble comes, or sin comes, or principality, or foe, or whatever that's trying to rule over you, they now not only, Bishop, have to overthrow me, but they've got to overthrow the name that I have now been baptized or born into. Come on, somebody. I know today, if you measure yourself, and when I measure myself, I oftentimes come up short. But in that name, come on, He never comes up short. Yeah. Romans 8.31, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? What are you doing this morning, Brother Hodge? I'm trying to preach you out of doubt. I'm trying to preach you out of fear. I'm trying to dispel the lie that's been told you and sold to you, telling you that you'll always be messed up, that you're always going to be a nobody, that it's always going to be this way. I'm going to be nice here this morning, but I believe like the evangelist preached last Sunday, I'm sick of a watered down religious experience that pats people on their back and teaches them how to find a way just to accept themselves the way they are. I remember a man named Nicodemus. He came in the cover of night, and Jesus looked at him and said, Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. He looked at another group in Luke 13, and he said, Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish, we serve a God today that doesn't want you to live in that state, but He's a God that makes all things new. And if I can somehow today get you to buy into what I've felt in the Holy Ghost, And we can get your faith to arise beyond the circumstance and beyond the situation and beyond the issue. I believe today there's an encounter in this place that can redirect the rest of your life. Hear me. The Lord said of you, the scripture declared that you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made while you were in the belly, while you were there yet in the womb. God knew you. The scripture says that he knew the plans that he had for you to prosper you, not to harm you, but plans that would give you hope and bring you a future. I'm on a kick right now. I have been for some time in my own personal life. God has been working on me that we give too much credit to the past. And I'm not crazy today. There are things that we sow. I understand that law. I understand that God can't be mocked. I understand stand the day that there are things that we sow that we must reap. I understand that today. I get it. I see it. But I do read a verse that said the plowman can overtake the reaper. What that says to me, Elder, is even in the middle of reaping some things that I might have sown, I can begin to sow new things. I don't have to wait until all the trouble's over. I don't have to wait to see how I shake out of this mess, but right in the middle of it, I can begin to sow some new things and the plow man can overtake the reaper. Oh, I wish I could get it in your spirit today. I wish I could make you believe there's better things ahead of you. There's dreams that you have that still are to be fulfilled in your life if you could just trust Him. Got to learn like the Scripture taught us to call things that are not as though they were. My son... He's 17, he's here, and I won't take the time to tell you his whole story, but he was born very early, very premature. There was a complication. And the doctor looked at me and gave me these words, we're probably going to lose them both, but I'm going to do everything that I can. I told her, I said, Doc, you go do what you do, and I'm going to do the only thing that I know how to do. And right there in the midst of a very messy hospital room, I fell on that floor. They sent the counselors to see me. They sent the chaplain to see me. They sent everybody they could find. They said, that man is in that room, and he is lost his mind. He's in there calling out. He's in there screaming. But what they did not know was I was getting a hold of somebody that at eight years old I had been born into. I had been placed into. And I had heard a word that wherever you're at you're never outside of him. And I began to call on a name that could go against what the doctor said. It could go against what all of medical science said. And you see them so you know how that turned out. But for 41 days we spent in the NICU unit up at St. Francis. And every day, we had to go about four times a day to feed him and to see him. And every day, we walked into that uh, hospital, into that NICU unit. And while we were washing and while we were scrubbing and putting on uh, all of the garments and the gear uh, that they told us we needed to keep from infecting him, uh, a new doctor would meet me. And this is what he would say. He would say, Mr. Hodge, I need to tell you that this is uh, something that is a very real possibility. Your boy is going to have trouble with X, Y, or Z, whatever it was, because it was something new every day. But I had adopted a response. I looked at that doctor and I said, thank you for telling me that. I know that it's your job and I thank you for taking care of my son. But I need to say this for my faith. Please don't be offended in what I'm going to say right now. But I say this for my faith. And I would look at that doctor and I would say, we simply don't receive that report. Thank you for all that you're doing Go run your tests Go go, go! try to find out everything you can find out Go do whatever you can do Help us all you can help us But I need you to know I don't receive that In the name of Jesus I've taken it to a higher position I've advocated to a higher point <laughs> We're supposed to be in the doctor's every week. He's supposed to have been in the hospital in and out his whole life. He's 17. He's been one time to have his tonsils taken out. Goes to the doctor a couple of times a year for sinus infections and things like that. What am I saying that for? I'm here to tell you. I know what I'm talking about today. If you can trust Him, if you can hold on to Him, if you can believe His Word, He can. Touch your situation. I think I remember when the enemy shall come in like a flood. The Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord shall lift up. Lift up lift up a standard against him. I'm telling you this morning, we serve a lifting up God today. He can pull you up. He can bring you up. I don't care how low you think you have fallen. One scripture said it like this. His arm is not short. But another declared further that his arms were already on the very bottom. So if you're fallen today, he can reach you. And if you've somehow managed to already Make it all the way down to the bottom And feel like you have nowhere else to fall You're already in the best position You could possibly be in Because underneath the bottom Where the devil wouldn't even go Where the trouble wouldn't even go Rest the arms of God He's never going to let you fall Out of reach of Him Or where He can't touch you Come on, you've got to believe it today. In God's economy, seeing isn't believing. But believing is seeing. And I declare to you today, if you can believe, all things are possible. So I took us to a text this morning. And I read to you about this woman. She had suffered from an infirmity, the scripture tells us, for 12 years. This wasn't just an ordinary infirmity. It wasn't just a bad enough kind of thing that had come into her life. But this was a blood issue. It was a big deal. It was major. It took a woman that we could make uh, assumptions about, or we could surmise some things from what it tells us. It took a woman who once had status. It took a woman who once was a part. It took a woman who once was where she wanted to be. And it made her an outcast. She wasn't allowed to touch anyone. Now she wasn't allowed to be in the common or the public areas now. And sadly, she wasn't even allowed to even come to the house of the Lord. By all measurements, she's pretty messed up. The law said of her that she was unclean. If she lay down on a bed, that bed became unclean. If she sat down in a chair, that chair then became unclean. If someone were to happen to touch her or if she touched another person, they became unclean. She affected everything that she came in contact with. With what was affecting her. Weak religion knew we can't help her. So let's make sure she doesn't mess up everything. We don't want her coming around messing up our pretty songs. We don't want her coming around messing up our pretty pews and our pretty sermons. Just keep her away from us. Come on, somebody. Some of you have gone through some of that. Some of you have experienced some of that. Thank God you're in a house of refuge today. Everybody had written her off, and the only hope she ever had of regaining a life was to somehow find a way to be clean again. And worse than that, once she finally found a way to be clean, she had to go prove it to the preacher. She had to go find the man, and she had to prove to him, yes, I am, in fact, clean. See, we didn't make up the concept. We didn't come up with it. Of getting good to get God. Anybody ever heard that? Getting good to get God. (laughs) That's been here since since this at least. All the way back. She was trying to measure up. She was trying to earn her way back. She was trying to do what religion would not and could not do for her. Why I brought her to us this morning is because I've heard this. Lady bashed a whole lot in my time in the church. I'm so blessed. My mother and father helped build Bethel with Brother Mayo. I've been raised in this thing. She might have left church to go to the hospital to have me. I'm not sure. Been in this all my life. This is all I know. And I've heard her bashed a lot. And many preachers have given this lady kind of a hard time. And if pastor has a different take, you, you go with him. Just let me just let me just drift through this morning, drift right out, and you stay with what the set man of the house has for you. But I've heard a lot of preachers give her a rough time. But if we take a closer look at her, I think we might find out some truth about her today. Many have said of her that she didn't really have faith, although Jesus said she had faith. Great faith. With Jesus declaring she had great faith of her preacher's preach that she really didn't have faith. She had spent all she had. She had gone to every doctor she could find. She had tried everything else first. And they conclude that because of the timeline, she came to Jesus as a last resort. And they doubt and they discredit And they deny her faith because they have determined from shallow reading that he was her last option. But think about it with me this morning. She had an issue of 12 years. Twelve years she had been battling with this same issue. Not even strong, it doesn't even take a strong biblical knowledge to know that by all historical and scriptural accounts, you will find that Jesus only had a public ministry of somewhere in the neighborhood of three and a half years. When he began to do miracles at the wedding of Cana, Until he hung on that cross and uttered those final words. It is finished. Was all done within about a three and one half year time frame. May I say this nicely today to all of my preaching friends. Her issue predated Jesus' public ministry. The trouble that she had and was facing that had made her an outcast, that had pushed her aside and deemed her unclean and untouchable was with her long before Jesus ever walked onto the scene of public ministry. She could not have come to him first. So I say, please, let's stop measuring her by her past. And let's just help her get to Jesus. Oh, Lord, help us today that we don't come in here with a measuring stick. Measuring your past. And measuring where you've been. And measuring what you've walked through. But that we would come in and sing like they've done this morning. And preach like we're trying to do today. That if you can just get to Jesus, all of that will take care of itself. So in spite of what religion was trying to do to her. Here she is in our text this morning, and she is broken. She has been to every doctor she could find. They have tried many things, the Scripture said. She's out of money, and the issue is no better. In fact, it said that it's worse. If anybody has been to the bottom, this poor lady has been to the bottom. But what I love about her is when everything else had failed when everything else had done nothing to make her better and even pushed her further down. This is what I love about this lady. She never got offended. She was broke. The old timers used to say she was broke. She was busted. But she didn't. She was in a whole heap of trouble and needed something beyond what any of them could give to her. But she never got offended. Oh, come on. Religion had preached, go away. The doctor had diagnosed, there is no way. But somewhere in her searching, she had heard about a man who said, I am the way. And in all of her brokenness and in her beat up and abused condition, she laid down her pride and she crawled through all of the religious spectators that didn't even want her around or in the building. And she found him. She found the one when most would have given up, when most would have thrown in the towel, when most would have become offended that everything I've done, hasn't worked up to this point, she kept a hold of a faith that said, I'm going to find an answer. I'm going to find a way out. I'm going to find a cure for this. That is killing me. And I've come to tell somebody in this place today, I don't know what you've been through, and I don't know what you've lost along the way, but if you can lay it down and hold on to some faith today, There is a spirit uh, that's in this church uh, right now. Uh, It is here right now. Uh, It says don't be offended. Uh, Don't, don't, don't turn away. Uh, Don't walk out of here the way you walked in. Uh, But if you can push uh, and you can crawl uh, and you can get to me, I can work a miracle in this place. Would you stand with me this morning? Uh, Come on somebody. Uh, Our God specializes In the recovery uh, of what's broken today. uh, Our God specializes uh, in the healing of what nothing else can work for. The sad reality is. We don't hear more of these stories. We don't get to celebrate with more people like her. We don't get to preach for more texts that were like this. There are some. We don't have a whole lot of other examples because there's something in us just doesn't like it when trouble comes along. Something shuts down in us. Something closes off in us. And the very thing that's trying to reveal our need for the presence of God in our life, Us only screams. He's not here. He's not here. And sadly, we become so offended that we learn how to cope. We learn how to deal. We learn how to go through the motions. We learn how to push it behind us and beside us, and we figure out a way to get through life. And we're living offended, and we're living broken, and we're living unable to have those precious words spoken over us. Go thy way. Go in peace. and Be made whole. I don't know what you've walked in here with today, but I've come to tell somebody, if you can shake off, maybe a fence has tried to get a hold of you. Maybe bitterness and hurt is sad. It ain't worth it. I'm not going to go anymore your presence in this place today has told me all I need to know. My pastor used to say that the scripture said call for the elders of the church. He said son wherever you go and whatever you do and whatever place in ministry God puts you don't you ever blame it on a person because if they walked in the building they demonstrated all the faith they need to get their miracle I'm telling you today, I hold no special power. Nobody here holds any special power. But we know the one. We know the man. And your presence here today signifies one thing very important to me and all I need to know. You're not offended yet. If you're in this building and trouble has been beaten on your door, And the storms of life have been raging. And the winds are about to capsize your boat. And you have no idea what you're going to do if you don't get an answer today. I'm telling you, you're in the right place. Because your presence here says, I haven't got offended just yet. I'm broken. Yeah, preacher, I'm broken. If you want to take some time in a little while, I could probably overload your plate and tell you all that's going on right now. All the trouble that I'm facing. But the fact that you're here today says I'm not too offended. And if I can just touch his clothes. He doesn't have to touch me. I don't have to have a conversation. I don't have to have a great encounter. If I can just touch his clothes. I can be made whole today. I wonder if I'm preaching to anybody in this house. I'm wondering if there's anybody today that would be honest and say, Preacher, I have walked into this place today. And I have been in trouble. And I don't know what I'm going to do. But I am here. See, I want that to resonate with you today. I want that to get inside you today. I want that to spark something in your spirit today. Hey, wait a minute. I'm in the building today. I'm in the vicinity of the one that they're worshiping about, that they're shouting about, that they're declaring, that they're telling me can make a difference. I'm in his presence today. Come on, can you lay that down today and just move toward this front? They're going to begin to sing, they're going to begin to lead us in just a moment. But can you lay down pride today? Can you lay down a fence today? Can you lay down brokenness and bitterness today and say, yeah, I'll acknowledge it. But I'm acknowledging it while I'm on the way to the one that can do something about it. Is there anybody that wants to meet him in this place today? If that's you, would you come? We want to pray for you before you leave. We want to help you today before you walk out of this building. We want to let you know there's hope in this house today. Would you come as they lead us? In this place